Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman inside the Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And today, we bring back a fan favorite... The voice of the Anderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, is joining me as the special guest co-host today. And it's a day that's, I think, custom built for you, Brian, because for you and me, we get to play general manager. We get to step into the shoes of Ron Francis and try to draft the Seattle Kraken. That is on the docket today. But before we get into that, Brian, how are you? Yo, I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate you saying I'm a fan favorite. I'd like to meet that fan. I feel like he and I should be on like a first name basis. Um, <laughs> but you're right. This is a show that, uh, again, thank you for, for having me back. This is a fun show. This is going to be uh, basically what you and I were, were built for last week, which was hypothetical debate and uh, agonizing over something for two hours, which is exactly how much time we have. So uh, I did my homework. I tried to put together a... Uh, a decent Seattle Kraken roster, and of course, when we we can talk about the uh, the, the the things that held us back and what ramifications there were. But uh, I'm ready to to fight you tooth and nail to the death, Chapman. You as well for hypothetical draft <laughs> supremacy. I wish there was so a, uh, a in order. I wish there was some ahead, kind of Chapman. app that we could enter our teams, and it would tell us the expected amount of points that our specific team would get for this season, just so we could see who drafted the best team. I, I would have, I would have liked, uh, like when you play uh, NHL, twi- you know, on the PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, and you make a trade and it rejects it and says, yeah, there's no way that's <laughs> happening. I feel like I, I wonder if my roster would have just been laughed at by digital uh, GMs. You know what's funny about that, and and we used, I mean, I used Cat Friendly. I'm not sure exactly what you guys used in order I did to too. build your team, but I, I wished that there was an option at the end once you've selected your players to make subsequent trades. Because, you know, as we were going through this exercise, there's a lot of different. Uh, ways that you can go about building a team. You can try to build a team that you think could be competitive right now. You could try to to look toward the future and make sure that you don't put put yourself in a bad situation from from cap hits. But that the one thing that this entire situation is missing is side deals and trades of assets that you're bringing in that you know right away you want to make. So it, it's not a true to form. Um, mock draft that you're like like what you're going to see from Seattle tomorrow, but it's pretty darn close. And I'll tell you right now, up until we started this show, I have still been making tweaks. I am making <laughs> tweaks. I am still trying to find ways that I can maximize this roster. This is not an easy exercise to do. I, I bet that's how it is in real life too, though. Ron Francis, three days from now, will be looking at his list and be like, <laughs> uh, I don't like it. 
I don't like what I did, but it's <laughs> yeah. You know, you're you're right though. There would have been so much more intrigue added to this exercise if I found out that that Chapman was offering you like a, a third round pick behind my back to screw over my draft. That would have been uh, so much more uh, vitriol and anger in this show, but. Uh, I, I did the cap friendly one too, which, by the way, also stick taps to cap friendly. Boy, are they having a, a heck of a yeah. two or three week stretch here to market themselves. If you, if you know who they were before, uh, that's a good website to know who's making what and how long they're making it for, and who's available and not available, and no trade clauses, with, which also played into this game. Um, but, but yeah, we, you know, we'll take some time to go through what we selected. But uh, they have the the tool, the mock draft that told you how many players you minimum had to take and didn't, uh, you know, couldn't take, and cap hits, and how many contracts tracks that exist beyond next season that you needed to take because that's also a threshold that has to be met um but but yeah ryan you're absolutely right without having the ability of knowing uh what deals we could make to select people that we're not going to keep really just to free up cap space for someone else we had to draft a team of 30 bodies <laughs> to fit under the cap and we had to keep everybody so for, for those who forget I mean, I'm, I'm going off of uh memory i was looking, when the vgk had their expansion draft there were th i think th i think three players they drafted who they just let their their pending UFAs and they let it expire. It Chris Thorburn, Connor yeah. Brickley, and JF Barubi, if I remember correctly. Um, and then there were five players: Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Alexa Yemlin, uh, Mark Mathot, uh, David Schlemko, Calvin Pickard, I think. Uh, that that they also, you know, they were out the door 48 hours after they were expansion drafted. So, you know, we didn't have that at our disposal. But uh, I, I say that just because we're all going to want some mulligans here. Like you said, you're still tinkering with this thing, Ryan, but it's because there were probably bigger ticket items that you would have taken on if you knew that four of the guys you drafted in this exercise, you'd be letting them walk or sending them out the door five seconds later for draft picks. It, it does impact the decisions you made, and for that reason, uh, I imagine the three of us are going to have very, very, very different-looking rosters as we run through this. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to get into it. So here's how this entire show is going to go. We are going to go round by round, team by team, and we are going to select our players. And then later on in hour number two, we're going to talk about what our lines are going to look like, what type of teamwork we're trying to field. And then we are going to get into um, the, the decisions that we had to make on some of the UFAs and RFAs. While this isn't a part of that exercise, it does factor into what the team might look like on opening night. But for the majority of, of this entire exercise, it's just really fun to put yourself in the shoes at the helm of trying to come up with a roster that that you are happy with. And, and to be honest, the thing that I've noticed in going through this is that I'm not happy with my roster. I'm looking <laughs> at different holes. I'm looking at different ways I can tweak things here and there. And, and I think that that might be the most intriguing thing that I've learned about this process. And, and you touched on it. For Ron Francis, you've got to go through all these different iterations. You've got to try all these different things. You've got to look at all these different side deals that may or that may benefit you. And then you still, at the end of the day, when you make sure you bring your list to the NHL of what and who you're going to draft, you've got to be happy with it because I'll tell you right now, I'm already regretting some choices. I'm already <laughs> regretting some of the things that I've done. And if you're Ron Francis, you can't regret anything once the ball drops tomorrow. You just can't. 
And let's also remember, too, the ramifications of this, of the actual expansion draft. We talk about these side deals that <laughs> usually we're thinking of, okay, a second rounder to stay away from this guy or, uh, you know, a first rounder if you absorb this cap hit that we absolutely hate and take it away from us, things like that. There's also ramifications for actual players here. Like Seth Jones is very much on the trade market. Vlad Tarasenko is very much on the trade market. Not predicting either of them goes <laughs> to Seattle per se, but those are those are players that, in the t- take a penny, leave a penny mentality that we have, or the idea of being a third wheel in negotiation for two other teams, those bodies can come into play for these things as well, which of course was not factored in to our computer game. So uh, it's going to be a wild couple of days, and it's so much fun to go through this uh, with absolutely zero ramifications whatsoever for my mistakes. All right, so we're going to get into it. We're also going to talk with the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh, in a little bit as we get a little bit more dialed in on what the Seattle Kraken are going to do. But let's start it off. Let's get it going. From the Anaheim Ducks, who do you select? Chap, you want to go first or you want me to lead off? I could go first. Let's see. Let's hear it. I took a young Russian player, not a lot of NHL experience, only played in a handful of games, but I went with a guy named Alexander Volkov. Interesting. A little off the board, but a good price tag. I went Adam Henrique because he's probably centering my top line. I know. I came out with a heavy cap hit right off the bat, uh, but I I like Adam Henrique a lot. As we we go through this, too, we don't have so much time, I know, but I wouldn't mind if there's one or two players on a roster you were debating you know, I was between Adam Henrique and Hayden Fleury, and I went Adam Henrique. I actually considered yeah, Hayden Fleury as well. It's interesting that you said that because I did select Hayden Fleury with my pick on the Anaheim Ducks. I was going back and forth between Fleury and Volkov, but when I really got down to it, Volkov's not going to make my roster, so I'm going with a, with a player that will, and that's Hayden Fleury. So, some so. teams have an embarrassment of riches. Other teams we had to force ourselves to take somebody. That's 100% accurate. Let's head to the Arizona Coyotes. Your picks from Arizona. Chappy first. All right. Well, this was one of those teams where I kind of forced myself to have to take somebody. I took Christian Fisher. I mean, he's just a guy, but at least he's got NHL experience. He could probably play on your fourth line. He's nothing spectacular, but to be perfectly honest with you, Arizona really didn't have anything spectacular that was dangling there in front of me. So... I went with a guy who's a known commodity. He's not a very good known commodity, but he's a known commodity, and that's Christian Fisher. I went Michael Bunning. Good showing in his first real chance at full-time NHL duty. Pending unrestricted free agent, but I should be able to re-sign him at a very reasonable number coming off of a 730,000-ish cap hit. Uh, Low risk, high reward for Michael Bunting. You know, I went with Christian Fisher as well. I don't know that I would, uh, would necessarily say... That he's a not a known, not a good commodity. What I'm thinking of Christian Fisher is someone that's going to factor in down my lineup, and I think that's exactly the type of player that you're looking at from the Arizona Coyotes. Let's move on to the Boston Bruins. Where did you guys go for Boston? Well, I went with uh, a defenseman who could play on both sides, young guy, still under contract for a couple years, and that is Connor Clifton. I went Connor Clifton as well. I initially wanted Andre Kasha, uh, and then again when I went back, I realized that I had a lot of right wingers and had to divvy it up somewhere else, and Connor Clifton made a lot of sense for uh, flexibility. 
You know, it's interesting that you bring up Andre Kasha because that was the first selection that I made from Boston. And then I started to tweak my lineup and tweak my my draft just a little bit. And Andre Kasha came off the boards for me. Jeremy Lozon came into the fold for me. So I've got Jeremy Lozon, $850,000, an RFA at the end of 2022. I will take that value all day long. Let's move on to the Buffalo Sabres. I cannot wait to see where you went here. Chapman, who did you select from the Buffalo Sabres? Well, again, an embarrass- there's embarrassments of riches, and then there's just embarrassments. And the Buffalo Sabres are oh, wow. one of those franchises that are just embarrassments right now. That's pretty strong. I took a guy who, who is probably going to be a minor leaguer for me. Um, not a ton of NHL experience. Defensiveman William Borgen. Defensiveman William Borgen. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take somebody, and 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 the funny it's, thing is, it's... <laughs> Colin Miller was actually a guy I strongly considered here. And if I had to go back and redo it, maybe I take that guy because I have a little more cap space than I thought I was going to. But William Borgen is where I went. All right, I went offensive man Zemgus Gergensen's depth down the middle at center. <laughs> couple of years on his deal still, and uh, guy who I think has shown good flashes and hopefully a little bit more with a change of scenery. You know, I, again, multiple iterations of this, I did draft Zemgis Gergensen's. That was the first uh, run through for me was Zemgis Gergensen's from Buffalo. But I changed my mind. I went big ticket. I went high (laughs) risk, high reward. And I mean high, high, high risk, high reward. I'm going Jeff Skinner. Listen, there's talent there. You know that that this is the type of player that should factor in to have at least one bounce back. And if he does, then it's great for the Seattle Kraken. It's great for me, and I look like a genius. High risk, high reward. Jeff Skinner, that's my selection from the Buffalo Sabres. Let's and move Ryan, on. Ryan, that's that's yes. a guy that Ron Francis obviously knows from his time in Carolina, and it's also the kind of player that might come along with one of those side deals we talked about where there's a little bit of a pot sweetener to, to bring Jeff Skinner in. Yeah, I'm just operating in a in a reality in which there was a pot sweetener for me to take Jeff Skinner so that it's not all in on one one player for $9 million. Moving on to the Calgary Flames. Chapman, who'd you select? Well, finally I get to a guy who people will know their name and know it's not Milan Lucic. <laughs> Did not consider Milan Lucic in this position. <laughs> I took a guy who who's just a couple of years removed from winning the Norris Trophy, a guy who will probably wear the C. However, if he doesn't, he is only con- under contract for the remainder of this season. So if things don't go so well, I might be able to move him and get some assets at the trade deadline, and that's Mark Giordano. Same thought. Took Giordano as well. Mark Giordano would be my first captain of the Seattle Kraken. Now, he does have a, uh, a, moder- a modified no-move clause. Uh, but hopefully he's the kind of guy at the deadline, if you found yourself in that position, that he would want to go to a winner as he's getting up there in age. But I took him as well. I went Dominic Simone for no reason. Just that's what it was. I- I'm not going with Mark Giordano. He's not going to be my captain. So there's really not anything there for me in terms of the Calgary Flames. That's how I feel about the Calgary Flames. Let's move along to the Carolina Hurricanes. Who did you guys select from Carolina, Chris? Well, I, I really like Nino Niederreiter. He's there. However, I did not take him. Uh, I went with a guy who was a really high draft pick just a couple years ago. First round pick, actually. Um, and it was a defenseman, a guy you had mentioned yesterday, and that's Jake Bean. I took Jake Bean as well. 
pending restricted free agent, but a young player, a good cap hit, and a guy who, uh, as uh, we talked about before, uh, you're going to have to re-sign him, but it's probably not going to be an overwhelming uh, raise on uh, what will be his first full-time NHL-type deal. You know what? It is a clean sweep for Jake Bean. It's our first one. All three of us taking Jake Bean, and I second and third what you guys both have said. Let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot, a lot here. Really, a lot, I promise. Who did you guys select from the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, as much as I wanted to draft Malcolm Subban, he didn't fit into my plans. <laughs> I took a guy, he's a restricted free agent, a defenseman, bounced around a little bit, has been on a couple teams in just a few years, but uh, Russian player Nikita Zadorov. We're starting to get very, very uh, congruent here because I took Nikita Zadorov as well, where Jake Bean could be your Shea Theodore of this expansion draft. Nikita Zadorov gives you uh, some sandpaper and some top-pairing ability, certainly top four, so I went that way as well. And another guy who you're going to have to pay a little bit more probably, but not, hopefully not a ton. Nikita Zadorov for me as well, a clean sweep for the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's move along to the Colorado Avalanche. This one's going to be interesting. I can tell you that based on what my selection was. Chris Chapman, who'd you select? Yeah, this is one of those teams that has an embarrassment of riches. I really went back and forth on a couple of different players here. However, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it gets very interesting because I selected a guy who, well, he's going to be a UFA, apparently. It sounds that way. <laughs> he was the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. I have the room to re-sign him or to sign him to a, to a long-term contract, and that's Gabe Landeskog. I did not want Gabe Landeskog. The cap hit it will take to re-sign him, but I do wonder if that's an, an area where you take Gabe Landeskog and then there's a lot of center-needy teams out there. Are you in a good position to flip? For example, uh, a Columbus team that might be losing Max Domi. What does uh, Gabe Landeskog worth to them? I took Jonas Donskoy, who I know is going to give me good production, uh, even in a bottom-six role. Yeah, I was back and forth between Jonas Donskoy and the player that I eventually selected, and that is Gabe Landeskog. He will be my captain. He will be my highest paid player, and I am fully confident in his ability to lead this team out of the sea and into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Gabe Landeskog is my selection from the Colorado Avalanche. Let's move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who you got, Chapman? Well, if I'm the Seattle Kraken, I'm hoping lightning strikes twice because, as everyone will remember, William Carlson was a forgotten guy who played on the Columbus Blue Jackets, buried on the fourth line. I decided to go off the board here. I thought about Max Domi, however... At the end of the day, I decided on a young Swede, Kevin Stenland. I went Max Domi. I think when I'm looking for a top one or two center at 5.3, that's a great cap hit for him, and that's one that I'm willing to swallow and get for uh, this coming year and on an expiring deal. So, again, maybe he's a guy that, uh, if I need to, is, is valuable at the deadline next year. Yeah, I went Max Domi as well. I, I've got big plans for Max Domi on my team. Let's move to the <laughs> Dallas Stars. Who did you guys select from the Dallas Stars? Not not a lot of well-known players, I would say, available. They have a couple defensemen that are available, but there a lot of them have free agency pending. I thought about Oleksiak. I thought about Sakara, but at the end of the day, I went with a minor leaguer named Adam Mascherin. Adam Mascarin. Mascarin. Thank you. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not, see, I, I'm... Uh... 
I'm know-it-alling you. I didn't mean it that way. He, he's no, 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 no. He's made the AHL. It, it's stuck in my head. Texas uh, Stars. I went, I went Jamie Alexiak. Yes, pending UFA. If I can get him for the right number, great. But another one of those uh, situations where, you know, maybe uh, it frees up some space if he doesn't come back for the right number. But I went Alexiak. I went Alexiak as well. I will give it a shot to re-sign him. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. Let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings. Chapman. Who'd you get? Well, they have one of my favorite guys. However, he is a UFA, so I stayed away from Bobby Ryan. I went with a defenseman, Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher as well. Young, good upside, good price tag. Clean sweep, Troy Stetcher. That's where I went also with the Detroit Red Wings. Moving on to the Edmonton Oilers. Chris Chapman, you're on the clock. Well, Brian, maybe a guy you you may have gotten familiar with is he was an AHL guy, played for Bakersfield this year, Tyler Benson. Tyler Benson, very talented at the AHL level. Hasn't gotten a real shot at the NHL level yet, and he's 23 going on 24. So uh, interesting to see if they give him a shot. Uh, I win Jujar Kyra, proven commodity, down the middle, depth center. Uh, good production for a guy in my bottom six. Tyson Berry for me, and this is a, a UFA that I'm going to take a real shot at. Because I like Tyson Berry. I think that you got some production there, power play specialist. Tyson Berry, that's where I'm going. I'll tell you right now, that's- you're you're paying Gabe Landeskog and Tyson Berry a lot more than you clicked on him for. I I do understand that. I do realize that, but I do have some cap space available to me as I was looking through this this beautiful, beautiful database with Cap Friendly. Let's move on to the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers, who you guys got? All right. Well, there was a name that I think a lot of people are leaning to. I did not go that direction. There was something about this player that popped, and it's seven game-winning goals this past season. Frank Vetrano. I also went Frank Vetrano. How much fun is this? I mean, well, (laughs) fun for us. I hope we're basically doing a a fantasy draft over the air, so hopefully it's interesting. But uh, I went Frank Vetrano as well. Uh, Thought about Brandon Montour, but went Vetrano for – the fact that he's not a pending UFA. I'm going with Chris Dreger. I I like the goalie. I think I'm going to have a very strong tandem. I'm not going to sign him for $3.5 million over three years, though. I'm going to get him a little bit lower uh, in terms of the cap hit, but I think I can do that. But I'm going Chris Dreger. I, I think he's one of the best goalies available in this draft. Let's go to the Los Angeles Kings. Who do you guys got for L.A.? Well, I went with a guy again, another minor league player, Kale Clegg. Brendan Lemieux getting mean on the wings. <laughs> I'm going with Martin Furk. I I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. I just like the fact that his name is Martin Furk. Hardest slap, sh- hardest record slap shot in history. That's you know what I'll I'll take that as as kind of an aside. But uh, anytime <laughs> you can have a last name. With that's all consonants. No fantastic. And I think, yeah, exactly. There's no vowels. It doesn't even make any sense, but it's totally fine. Let's move on to the Minnesota Wild. Who do you guys have from Minnesota? This is one where it could be another clean sweep, and I went with Capo Kakinen. First goalie off the board for me, Capo Kakinen as well. Young, lots of promise, good cap hit, signed through uh, restricted free agent next year. He's a, a good building block, I think. Capo Kakinen as well for me. It's a clean sweep onto the Montreal Canadiens. Who do you guys have? I went really I went I went back and forth a couple of different times here with Montreal. I really thought about taking Philip Deneau, 
UFA. However, at the end of the day, I went with a guy that I'd plan on probably moving, and that's Brett Kulak. I got a similar mentality to you, Chris. Someone good, promise, upside, good price tag, but not horribly distraught if I lose them. Uh, I thought about taking the Jonathan Drouin swing on potential. Uh, Philip Deneau, if he wasn't a UFA, I'd consider more, but I went kill Flurry for, uh, again, the flexibility. You know, I don't I don't think that I care about flexibility in any way, shape, or form. I'm trying to win hockey games. Well, I'm fine. Byron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm going Paul Byron. Um, I just I like what he brings to the table. I know what I am getting in Paul Byron and I'm gonna play him down my lineup because I'm gonna win hockey games. So that's See, where I'm going. Right, that's Go interesting because you could have had Paul Byron as a off waivers three times last year. I completely agree. I like Paul Byron, but I would mm-hmm. you might be able to get him for nothing a year from now if it's the same situation for Montreal. You know, you're absolutely right, and, and again, it's it's one of those situations where I wish I was around as a general manager, and I wish the Seattle Kraken uh, were, were involved this past year because there were a lot of really good players on waivers they could have grabbed beyond just Paul Byron. Yeah. Before we take a break, we're going to finish off with the Nashville Predators. We'll pick it up as soon as, as we start our number two, but the Nashville Predators, who did you guys go with? Well, they, they have a couple big-name guys that are available. However, I went with a guy, low price tag. He's under contract for a couple more years. He could play a couple of different spots for you, and that's Kale Yarncroak. Interesting. Similar thought process. I went Colton Sissons, who signed through 2026, less than $3 million a year. Uh, good job security, but also extraordinarily movable at any of the next four deadlines for me. Ryan Johansson. I am biting on the big ticket item. I'm buying on Ryan Johansson. There's no way I was going to bite on Matt Duchesne because that's just crazy. But Ryan Johansson, 28 years old, yes, it's a high cap hit, but he's going to be my number one center. And I think that with the talent I'm surrounding Ryan Johansson with, he should be able to make that work at least I hope so. <laughs> with your sir, if you have Ryan Johansson, Tyson Berry, and Gabe Landeskog, the talent you're going to be surrounding him with is me. Like, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I want your calculator. I, I my calculator is just fine. Everything's going to be just fine. I promise <laughs> you. I promise you. I thought this one through. At I least can't wait. I thought it through. <laughs> I thought it through um, marginally, and I just wanted to have a really good team year one. <laughs> Everything else beyond that, I don't really care about. Because if I if I can win hockey games year one, that's really all that matters. I'll just dump a, lo- a lot of contracts uh, in, in the offseason. But we should take a break right now because on the other side, we do have Everett Fitzhugh, the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, joining the show. And he'll be able to give us the inside scoop on what to expect tomorrow night during the expansion draft. That's all coming up next on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Back on a Tuesday, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Seattle, a Kraken expansion draft goes tomorrow. And in in preparation for that, we're doing a mock draft today. I hope it's been exciting for you. It's very fun for us. We're going to be doing it the entire two hours here today. But right now, let's go to Seattle, bring in Everett Fitzhugh, the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, Hey, Everett, 
how exciting is this time in Seattle? You know, this is this is huge, um, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but this is this is one of the biggest sporting events that we've seen in Seattle probably since the NFC Championship game uh, a few years ago with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, there is just so much excitement around this area. The fans are, are, are loving it. Our, our sponsors, our, our partners, our staff. This has been an, an area that before we had team colors and a name and a logo, they put so much interest and so much faith in us and support behind us. And now that we're finally able to reward our community and our fan base with uh, with player names and like, hey, th- these are going to be the people that you're going to be cheering for, you know, 41 nights a year, hopefully more with playoffs. So it's a very, very exciting time. And as, as we tick down now, the, the minutes, the seconds, and until tomorrow evening, it's, it's even going to get much more frenzied and much more exciting. Everett, when you were brought to the Seattle Kraken as the team broadcaster, you became one of the first forward-facing members of the organization. So as this team gets to know its fans, they're communicating a lot with you, I would imagine. Um, I, I think one of the cool things about an expansion draft is, you know, Ryan and I have been having passionate debates over fourth liners with $700,000 <laughs> cap hits and, and who's going to make the, you know, the next big leap and has potential, yada, yada. Expansion drafts force you to really study the league. So Seattle, which has always been a hockey market but now is an NHL market, I'm sure they have knowledgeable fan bases. Are, are you impressed by the grasp that the Seattle Kraken fan base has on this league as they get ready for this shopping spree? Absolutely. You know, the, the fans here in this area, they have, you know, this, this is a hockey market. It may not have been an NHL market, but it's a hockey market. You've got two Western Hockey League teams on either side of the city, north and south. You've got Spokane, Tri-Cities out east, Portland, Vancouver, up in, uh, in, in Oregon, and then in, in uh, BC, respectively, there is hockey here. There are hockey fans here. So there was already that that thirst and that love for hockey. But now you just elevate it even more with the birth of an NHL team. And, and now you're uncovering all of this hockey history that Seattle has had. The Metropolitans being the first American team to ever win the Stanley Cup back in 1917. All of the, uh, the pro sports teams, the WHA teams that have been here in, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and and you're really uncovering a lot of these stories of hockey fans who've been here for so long. Vancouver Canucks season ticket holders who are now switching over. We have a whole huge presence in Alaska now. Well, we've got a pretty good percentage of our season ticket holders from Alaska. They will be flying down every other weekend to take in cracking games from Alaska. We've got folks just over the, the border in, in Canada, and, and south here in Bellingham, Washington, who are now Kraken fans and who are going to be making the trip down. So we've really been uncovering and turning over a lot of stones of hockey fans, and this has been a knowledgeable fan base. You've got people who already know the game, and you've got people who, who are still new to the game, but they are taking every opportunity they can to learn players, teams, rivalries, things like that. You know, there, there are folks uh, in, in this town that, you would swore they were born and bred in Chicago, Detroit, <laughs> uh, Toronto, places that, that are hotbeds for hockey. So it's actually been really nice, really refreshing. That transition has been a little bit easier uh, than maybe previously thought because there are so many smart and knowledgeable hockey fans here already. 
Everett Fitzhugh, the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, joining us ahead of tomorrow's big festivities where the Seattle Kraken will draft their team. And, you know, Everett, I got to ask you, just in terms of, of what you expect GM Ron Francis to do, like there's a lot of different philosophies you can take with an expansion draft. You can look toward, you know, not just year one, but beyond how do you expect Ron Francis to handle and this expansion draft, and how good do you expect the team to be next season? Well, I think the biggest question is we really haven't heard what uh, the Kraken are are planning on doing simply mm. because Ron Francis, he plays things so close to the vest, and a good example of that is Dave Haxtell. Everyone thought it was going to be another candidate for the head coaching position. And I personally found out the night before. I don't think most of the media found out. We had a 10 a.m. press conference, and it stayed pretty buttoned up until about 9.15. So Ron and his staff, they keep everything close to the vest. But as far as the team that I think we can expect here in Seattle, I think it's going to be twofold. Uh, Dave Haxtell, when he was hired, said that he is, is, a, is a big believer in a fast team playing fast hockey. And that might not always necessarily mean the fastest skaters, but it means thinking the game fast setting the pace of a game, making teams play Seattle Kraken hockey. On the other side of that, Ron Francis, the number one word you hear when you, when you uh, talk to Ron and, and when he speaks to the media about teams that he wants to build is character. He wants character guys, guys who are going to represent this team well on the ice, in the locker room, in the community, leading by example. It wouldn't surprise me tomorrow and, and even this weekend in the entry draft if you see a number of players who either currently or at some point in their career uh, wore letters for their teams because um, he puts such a high uh, premium on character and having good character guys. So I think those are the two things that you're, that you're going to see the most out of tomorrow. Um, and, and where this team can go, you know, this division is, is probably not the strongest in the NHL. And, and if you look up and down the Pacific, uh, you guys in Vegas are probably the only guarantee to make the playoffs. Maybe Edmonton, maybe Calgary. Uh, can Vancouver get their act together? Do we see any of the three California teams? There's a lot of question marks outside of Vegas. So you know the Kraken are going to get some good players tomorrow. Maybe even in free agency, there's going to be a few folks who want to come here as well. So I really think the low bar is playoffs. Um, now, will this team have the same success as Vegas did? You know, we hope so, but I don't know if lightning strikes twice or not. Um, but I definitely think that playoffs is, is an attainable goal. And, and if I'm Ron Francis and if I'm that coaching staff, I think playoffs is the low bar for this team. With Everett Fitzhugh, and Everett, it's interesting you mentioned the, uh, the the culture aspect of an expansion draft and building an organization. That's one of the reasons I think Mark Giordano is, is interesting. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, for, for you guys, when you, you look at the, the scope of this uh, this draft, um, Ron Francis has obviously experience and ties to Carolina, though you know players have scattered around the league a little bit. Do you, do you get any sense for all the big names we've heard that are available, your Skinners, your Carey Price, Landeskog, what have you, you know, on every eve of free agency day, which is what this feels like, this feels like the day before free agency day, we, <laughs> we all agree on who the two or three big fish are and will our team be in play for them kind of thing. 
from the fans' perspective, are there any names out there that you sense the fans really want? Is there anyone in particular that you can tell that the fans kind of galvanizing themselves around hoping to, to have them taken? You know, I, I think the biggest name on that list probably is Carey Price, um, simply because of, of who he is and, and the cachet that he carries, the, the performance that we just saw uh, in the Stanley Cup final out of him. The big question mark with Carey Price is I'm sure folks have maybe read the article over the past couple of days. There may be some injury uh, and, and surgery needed uh, for him in the offseason. Also, a guy who's going to be 34 years old in about four weeks three, four weeks, making a $10.5 million cap hit over the next five years. He's one that you can build around. He's one that you can definitely sell. But is he, at this point in his career, worth that many years for that much term? And these are all kind of rhetorical questions, you know, asking the royal we here. But I think that's the one name for the fans that has really jumped out. Obviously, the Vladimir Tarasenko news is, uh, is interesting. Gabriel Landis-Cog is interesting. Max Domi uh, is interesting. And I think a lot of teams also, and this goes back to, I believe, our fan base becoming more educated in, in the NHL, a lot of folks are looking at specific teams. Maybe not necessarily players, but hey, you know, such and such a team has got a big contract that they're going to have to pay out next season. Do the Kraken maybe go on that route, see if they can get a couple of guys in a couple of side deals to alleviate cap room for Team A while benefiting themselves in the process. So I think that's also a very interesting thing to look at. And also, too, we haven't heard much out of Vegas. I don't know what you guys are going to do with the expansion draft. It's kind of been quiet out there. I am not uh, haven't heard too much about what, uh, what Vegas is going to send up. But I joke, obviously. But I, I think that's the big, that's the big thing is, is you've got the – big names that people already recognize and that I think a lot of folks are, are putting their GM hats on and seeing how they can plug and play and, and, and move things about within different teams. It's, it's really nice the night before Christmas and the Secret Santa Exchange to know you're the one, uh, the one kid who gets to keep the present he bought for himself. No, uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You, you know, Everett, beyond the, the the expansion draft, like how active do you expect the Kraken to be in free agency? You know, that's a good question. Um, and, and that is a question that I know that has been volleyed back and forth internally, obviously externally, um, as far as how much of that cap you spend on the expansion draft. I mean, I know you have to get to a minimum with that cap, but I mean, there are. This is a pretty good free agency year. I think what this year maybe lacks in terms of the entry draft, it makes up for in free agency. And especially with that flat cap, there are going to be some teams who are desperate. There are going to be some players who may even be desperate uh, with this next contract. A lot of bridge contracts that I can foresee over the next two, three, four years, maybe that's a window there where the Kraken can get a player at a lower term that they may not necessarily have had a chance to get in a normal uh, salary-capped era, salary-capped season. Um, I would imagine with this being a new market, the sexy market, we've already seen what happened with Vegas and their success. The only negative uh, that I can see about Seattle are things that you really can't control, not knowing who your line mates are, not obviously having had a team before 
before, so we don't know what kind of success there is to build off of. You're building from scratch. Other than that, I don't see a whole lot of downsides to, to free agents wanting to play in Seattle, coming to Seattle. So I think that bodes well for the organization when they're out hunting for those free agents. Everett, I have to appeal to your uh, your expertise. Prior to joining the Seattle Kraken, you were uh, the broadcaster of the ECHL Cincinnati Cyclones, yeah. uh, entwined in the Buffalo Sabres organization. Now we have we're doing our own live uh, expansion draft here around this interview, so it's kind of like the league on uh, on your radio dial. Uh, and when we got to Buffalo, we didn't really know what to do. Now, okay. <laughs> you, you talk about big contracts. <laughs> of course, uh, Jeff Skinner is one of those ones that uh, could perhaps be dangled with a, a pot sweetener, and Ron Francis has a, a past with Jeff Skinner, so maybe that's an option. But you, having worked in the minor league system on the in the Sabres organization, are, are you aware of any diamonds in the rough there that we should be looking into? Well, you know, all, all, all those players in Buffalo, uh, we, we never saw them down in Cincinnati. Um, I do Michael know Hauser. that. You know, Gergensen's and Asplund, I, I think those two are really good pieces. But, you know, again, <laughs> Buffalo is in one of those weird situations. They, and, and I was talking earlier about teams maybe having big contracts coming up. This is, this is Jack Eichel. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, you know, if they want to keep Eichel, Maybe they're going to have to shell out some money or in, 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 in an next contract or do something to lure Jack Eichel to want to stay. So is this where Ron Francis comes in and says, okay, we'll take this guy off your hands for you, but we're going to need these two, three, four, however many things back in return. So I think Buffalo was a very interesting team in that regard, but I, I do like a lot of the young talent that Buffalo has. They, they have uh, a young core, even though they haven't had a lot of success. They do have some good individual pieces, and I think Buffalo was one of those teams where a lot of guys on that roster probably just need a fresh start in a new place, uh, new teammates, new city, new environment, uh, new energy. So, you know, don't let the, the the record in Buffalo over the past few seasons fool you. There are some good young players on that team that maybe just need a change of scenery, and, and we'll see if Seattle can provide that. You know, Everett, the, the last question that I've got for you, it, it, in terms of the Golden Knights and their success year one, <laughs> not out of the expansion draft, but obviously what that team was able to do in their inaugural mm -hmm. season. How much of that success is kind of at the forefront for fans in Seattle in terms of what their expectations are going into this season? I was going to say, it all depends on who you ask, but from a fan's perspective, <laughs> I've, I've gotten a lot of, I mean, well, Vegas did it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that's, that's the one question that I've been asked a lot is, are we going to make playoffs the first year? Are we going to the Cup final uh, the first year? And, you know, the, the answer obviously is I hope so. But, you know, <laughs> Vegas didn't have necessarily an easy road. You guys remember more than I do. But if I'm not mistaken, Vegas didn't start the year too hot their first season. They were, uh, you know, a few games under 500 and, and kind of, 
trying to, to come together and gel. And I don't think it was until maybe around Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, that they finally got that train going forward. I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember Vegas struggling a little bit there uh, in that first season at some point. So the, the fans definitely have high expectations in, in terms of the only the ice product. But I think, you know, with that also comes an understanding of, hey, we are an expansion team. We are going to be in our first season. I think that leash is a little bit longer um, than other teams would be afforded uh, in this situation. So, like I said before, I feel the playoffs are a low bar. I mean, of course, Stanley Cup is the goal. And if you can get to the Cup in, in your first season, I mean, you're you're playing with house money. But I, I think if you can get to the playoffs, I think this city is, is minimally, minimally expecting a playoff series here in Seattle. Um, and then everything after that, especially for your first season, that's that's just icing on your cake. Last thing before we let you go, Everett, we're talking to Everett Fitzhugh, the broadcaster of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, this is going to be your rookie season in an NHL broadcast booth. Uh, I don't know how you've been yep. sleep. I don't know how you've been sleeping all summer. Are you still in kid in a candy shop mode? Oh my goodness, Brian! Every single day, I have these pinch me moments. These these moments that make me say, "Man, I am I am so lucky uh, to to be able to do what I do." Um, if you had told me a year and a half ago that I would be here in Seattle starting, you know, helping to start a brand new team, I would have called you crazy. Um, this has been the ride of my life, uh, second to only serving as your. Uh, broadcast partner to the ECHL All-Star Game back in <laughs> Indy a few years ago. Um, and, you know, th- th- this has been a wild ride. It's been so much fun. And all of the hard work that, that we in this industry put in and the sacrifices that broadcasters make, as both of you know, I'm sure, to be able to get to this point is awesome. And, and BMAC, I haven't had a chance to, to congratulate you in person, but I'm so proud of you and your journey and, and what you're doing at Henderson. That's great. And I'm hoping that when we make that first trip to Vegas, you know, we'll be able to celebrate and get together again. But, you know, this, this has been an amazing ride. The organization is awesome. They, they've made this transition easy and smooth. Um, but, yeah, I, I think every day there's still that combination of excitement, terror, a little bit of nausea. Uh, you know, all of those <laughs> things rolled into one, uh, being able to do this, uh, do this great job. I'll tell you what, Everett, I know that you and I can raise a ruckus in Indianapolis and in Boise, so I'm a little nervous that you have guaranteed (laughs) visits to Vegas on your schedule, but I can't wait. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Hey, Everett, thanks so much for joining us today. Enjoy tomorrow, and we will talk to you soon as, as we get ready for the Seattle Kraken's inaugural season. Fellas, anytime. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Everett. Much appreciated, bud. That is Everett Fitzhugh, the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. And Brian, he's fantastic. Uh, You know, you you brought that to the table earlier today, and and I think that it makes sense to to kind of get an an idea of what the temperature is in Seattle ahead of the expansion draft. Thank you for that, buddy. That was fantastic. I'm glad he could come on. He's, he's a great guy, just a tremendous uh, energy whenever he comes in the room, which is what you want from uh, someone who's in his position. But, uh, you know, nobody's had more face time with the fans than him over the last year, so uh, glad he was able to break it all down for us. All right, wrapping up hour number one, looking ahead to hour number two as we continue our mock expansion draft of the Seattle Kraken on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Wrapping up hour number one. Thanks to Everett Fitzhugh for taking a few minutes ahead of Seattle's expansion draft tomorrow. When we come back, hour number two, we continue our mock expansion draft with Chris Chapman's favorite team, the New Jersey Devils, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 